What's up, Marlboro Softball? Scott Seidenberg here with a special Week 1 Preview Edition of Marlboro Softball Talk. I hope everybody enjoyed Wednesday, the opening night game. DeMarco with a 15-12 victory over Team Faris. I know we had some technical hiccups on the broadcast that Fred Lugos didn't appreciate, but we got it all figured out, and I think it went smoothly for the majority of the game. I hope you guys uh, were able to tune in, and hopefully we can do some cool things like that for special games throughout the season. Week one is Sunday. Hope the fields are going to be in good condition after the rain this past week, but we shouldn't have any issues around town as the warm weather should dry up the fields today and tomorrow. When I was thinking about doing this episode, I thought, okay, we can get Glenn Marone on and he can give us his odds and take some bets on who he thinks going to win game one. I know DeMarco has been pushing for a Marone appearance on the podcast and we'll get to you, Glenn. Uh, even though uh, some people might not want to hear you, we'll get you on the podcast. Don't worry. Trust me. But I, th- I thought to myself, can I get an objective opinion from somebody? Who knows the league that would be completely objective in giving an opinion on not just the draft, but also week one predictions? And so no one better than former Marlboro softball player Derek Melnick. Derek, unfortunately, is not playing with us this season as he moved away, but is nice enough to join me on this podcast episode. What's up, bro? You miss us already, don't you? Yeah, man. Uh, I actually, I was looking into leagues here, but it kind of feels like I broke up with my dream woman, and I'm looking (laughs) for the next best thing, and it's not nearly the same. (laughs) Did you watch any of the game on Wednesday night on Facebook? I did not. I actually wound up working late and then wound up doing stuff around the house because I still live by myself. And um, even though I've been here for about two weeks, actually Sunday, this upcoming Sunday will be two weeks. So I'm still figuring out how to make this a livable house. I don't know if you can hear an echo in here, but there's no furniture. I got a bed and a, a folding chair. So nice. I still got a lot of work. Ah, well, you'll get there. And, of course, we miss you all here. Uh, and when we hope that you're coming back for the mayor's uh, tournament, which you'll be on my team if you do. But uh, Absolutely. <laughs> we hope to see you then. But I know you're excited, as we are, for the start of the softball season. Even though it's heartbreaking, you're not going to be playing with us this year. You can still enjoy it from afar. Yeah, it's bittersweet because I actually had my best season last year. And then, you know, in the offseason, I decided I want to move six hours away. So. <laughs> So, uh, I mean, I know you've you've listened to the podcasts, you've reacted to the draft, uh, your first inclination, looking at the teams, looking at the draft, who do you think had a really good draft? Who do you think had a subpar draft, if you will? I actually watched the draft because I hate myself. <laughs> um, I was trying to think of where I would have actually gotten drafted. Uh, <laughs> uh, my first thought, I don't understand how Richie and Eric went to seven. I don't know how they made it that far. It's just mind-blowing to me. I know Pollock is a, Mar- is a big Martino fan, and I know Pastor is probably the best player in the league, aside from DeMarco, who obviously isn't draftable, but I just don't understand how Richie and Eric went to seven. It was just absolutely shocking to me. Yeah, Steinberg returning his entire top four from last year's championship team. It's not a bad strategy. It worked. They were the best team last year. For sure. Can, from you start argue, to finish. Yeah, you could argue that they're better this year. So uh, uh, that's pretty. Yeah, I think you would have went 
in the middle of the third round, and it might have been. You could have. Uh, I don't know. Maybe you could have gone late two to early three, and I don't know who would have taken you. Maybe. Wow, maybe Conti grabs you instead of Mamone. I don't think he does that, though. Does Goldfarb take you instead of DiNapoli? It's hard. I, I, where do you think you would have ended up? Honestly, um, after I told everybody I wasn't playing in the league, um, I had three or four people tell me they were going to draft me in late second. Obviously, Steinberg wouldn't have taken me cause, because he had Richie. Mm-hmm. Um but there were a couple of people who told me they were looking at me late second. Um, I think Conti probably would have taken me instead of Mamone. Okay. But then again, I'm a little biased here that I think I'm an early two <laughs> and I'm probably more of a late two, early three. Uh, no, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, I think you would have went in that late uh, that late second round period. So maybe it could have been uh, DeMarco taking you instead of Sailor. Or uh, Pollock taking you instead of Val. Would have been very interested to see where you would have ended up um, in, in the draft for sure. But it right. makes me sad. Yeah. Just to think about let's, it. Let's not get into it. Um, so, who else do you like besides Steinberg? What other teams are, are flying high on your radar? Well, I listened to Mitch last week and I actually put together a small little list, not a full nine. I don't, I don't go as deep as he does. Uh, obviously, everyone's talked about how good Walman's team is. Um, I mean, the Monocchio pick, everyone, I feel like that's been weekly conversation on the podcast, but, uh, still, I, I just don't understand, like, aside from Pat taking Ortiz in the second, like, Yackel went in the fifth, Clam continues to go in the third round, and I don't understand how someone doesn't scoop him up late second, or at least in the first two or three picks. I mean, personally, love Doc, love Austin, but I'd rather have Clam. Um, maybe I'm crazy. I don't know. I guess Glenn, I guess Glenn is still technically a pitcher. He can throw strikes sometimes, (laughs) but, uh, the thing I like about Wallman is when we had that scrimmage, I think Freddie actually does like Tony. There's this big Facebook back and forth between the two of them, but he, I think I heard him say that he likes playing with Tony Rogier's. Uh, well, there you go. You have the two best friends on the same team, and maybe they'll do Absolutely. some damage. <laughs> <laughs> have you looked at the schedule yet for week one, and do you have week one predictions for me? Oh, absolutely. I got everything ready. I wrote everything down in okay. pen because I'm an old. All right, good. Well, let's start with uh, – you said you wrote down a small list of your top teams. Uh, mm-hmm. So give me your top five teams before we get into week one's matchups. Well, let me preface this by saying I'm not kissing your ass by including you in the top five. Okay. But I do have a lot of differences uh, aside from one and two. Mitch and I have the same top two. I do think Evan has the best team. The defending champs, as you said, the same front, the same top four. Can't go wrong. The Levines smoked us on elementary on Eddie's team last year. And, um, I mean, Feingold's a solid outfielder. Lamerson I've played with twice on two different teams. Really good pitcher, tons of power, solid team throughout. Uh, Wallman, as we said, what can you say? I mean, the Monocchios are a great threesome and their top three guys. And if JY goes back to what he used to be, that team's going to be a problem. Uh, I have Goldfarb at third. They're solid throughout again. The Pargaments are solid. Paragene is the best defensive outfielder in the league. DiNapoli, 
I don't know what position he plays, but the guy can hit 700, and Cordy's a great bat in the three. Um, I actually have you at four. Uh, as long as Darren Kay shows up for the first game like he didn't a couple of years ago, I guess he quit the team or whatever. That was a big uh, controversy. Um, but you got Fazino, you got the Krauses, solid team throughout. I mean, Randell on the 12th, say what you will about Brad, but the guy can hit 500. So he's probably the best 12 in the league. And to round it out, I got Frank. Um, Saglietto's a great player, and he's got still got the same Frank nucleus that he always seems to have, even though this is probably the most different team he's had since I've been in the league. But very solid team throughout. And if Santa Romita lives up to what everybody says he is, even as a two, that's a steal. Yeah, I mean, look, you watch his video, you don't even have to see anything further than just looking at his swing and, and know that eventually he's going to be a stud in this league. Let's uh, talk about some week one matchups. I'm going to run through them. You give me your prediction as to who wins these matchups, okay? Sure. Let's start with the rematch between DeMarco and Faris, which we had on Wednesday night. It was a DeMarco 15-12 victory. And it was very exciting at the end. We thought Rosenthal had the game-tying three-run home run, but it wound up being a fence shot caught by Saylor to end the game. So DeMarco gets the first win of the season, 15-12. Those two teams will rematch on Sunday, also at Union Hill. Who do you have winning that one? I think at a different field, Faris has a better shot. But DeMarco... Especially DeMarco. I mean, Sailor's got crazy power as well. They all they both homered on Wednesday night. DeMarco hit two. Sailor hit one. DeMarco's just made for that field. And even at the draft, because my good buddy Apple got drafted by Faris, I didn't see who's playing outfield, but my first thought was who the hell's playing outfield for Faris. Um, and like I said, I don't know how Yako goes in the fifth round. The guy can pitch and hit 700 every season, so he, he I'm batted, taking DeMarco. He batted leadoff on Wednesday night and was 3-for-3 three three before he made an out, so he wound up finishing 3-for-4, I think. Absol- I'm not shocked. Absolute machine. <laughs> Absolute Absolutely. Machine. So I, I got DeMarco in that one again. Okay, let's go to Conti against Pingaro. See, I was actually going to say that this was the I'm getting picked by this team in the second round matchup. <laughs> Because okay. Pat's my guy, yeah. and he devastated me last year when he didn't take me and took Tony, which I think that th- I don't think that really worked out for Pat. Um, but then again, he would have drafted the same team that Apple drafted to start the draft, which didn't work out for us because we went on the first round. It would have been the first four picks, actually. It would have been exactly the same. It would have been you, the Torontos, and Intasi. Yep. Um, so unfortunately for my two favorite managers in the league, I'm going to go with Conti on this one. Uh, I like Conti's team a lot better than um, any of the, the initial predictions that Mitch had because obviously he didn't show up in the top nine. But Ryan in the third round, he was a one last year. But the guy can just smash the ball. And um, Conti's, I'm sorry, Conti's one of the nine or ten best players in this league. Even if he's lucky enough to get a 14, that's a good uh, That's a good draft spot for him all right let's move on to polzer and steinberg see this was probably the second best matchup of the week for me um as i said i'm i, I pick steinberg every week even if they're not going to go undefeated but wow. um i do think they're the best team 
I don't think they go undefeated. I don't want to put the stink on anybody, but Eric and Richie to start a draft puts you at just an unfair advantage. I don't, I don't see how the Blackburns get a, a penalty and they don't. Mm. It's very interesting. I mean, I know Richie had a down year last year, but he's still a heck of a player. Uh, all right, so we're going with Steinberg in that one. We move on. Harris against Goldfarb. I think both of these two are they're similar teams. Not so much in style, but they're solid throughout. I would say Goldfarb playing shortstop as a four is kind of what Todd Malman's been doing for the past three, four years. Mm-hmm. And now I guess he's playing left field. I don't know if that's going back to shortstop or what. But um, I'm going to give Goldfarb by a hair. I think that's going to be a close one just because I think Darren is the difference in that game. Okay. Uh, let's go to my team against Marone. Not kissing ass here, but I'm going with you. Um, I think this is the game of the week. Really? I mean, if you look at Mitch's rankings, it's three against six. Um, And I know Ed gave you shit, but I like both teams. I just think you guys have a more well-rounded 13 than they do. Thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, LaRocca against Kessler. This was a tough one. Um, I'm a big fan, Frank, or Frank fan. Jesus, Lord. Um, <laughs> I do like the top of Ben's team. Gold Rose and Dunleavy and Bender is a real, real good start. Plus, you got Weiss to play shortstop if necessary and Panaciti coming back. I'm curious how he uh, handles going back to this league after taking a couple years off. But I'm going to go with Frank on this one. And again, I think the defense for Ben is the issue, mm. at least the difference in this game. Okay. Uh, another matchup of two highly ranked teams preseason, Pollock and Wallman. I think it's Wallman. Like I said, they're the second best team in the league. Pollock is very good, but I don't think they have enough hitting to beat a team like Wallman. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, we move on to Goddard against Drashinsky. Let me first say I think Joe Tracy is a one. He got almost drafted as a one. He was the second pick in the second round, mm-hmm. but he's a great teammate. He has no weaknesses. The dude is a stud. That being said, I'm picking them. I'm picking Drasinski. I'm not a huge fan of either team, but my issue is Goddard's draft seemed to be the Marty Bayless draft where he drafted a lot of rookies at the top. And while I know Santa Gates a good player, I don't know much of Leonardi. I'm always hesitant of people coming into the league full speed when they have to deal with the differences between a hard ball and a clincher. And I think there's some adjustment. And while Tim George is going to smash balls for the whole season, I do think that Goddard's one and two are probably going to have a slower start than the established players. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. Finally, we go to Lapine against Lombardi, which is the night game on Union Hill Sunday night. I do think this is another good matchup because Lapine's got established guys. His first four is awesome. Um, Fermet is a solid player as well, and you got Fishman and Jaeger, my guys, from the past two or three years. Unfortunately, I actually think Lombardi is the sleeper team this year. Really? Uh, I know they had a bad season, but you got the Blackburns, and then, what, the last pick of the third round, you get Chris Holmes. Mm -hmm. Lurie was on our first championship team, and... Honestly, I, I always hated hating, uh, hitting against Jim. It was just the worst experience with his backspin, underhand, weird <laughs> motion. It was the worst thing for me. So I'm going to take 
the Lombardies, and I think they're going to be a top half seed by the end of the season. All right. So those are the Derek Melnick predictions for week one of the Marlboro Softball 2021 season. Finally, before I let you go and enjoy the rest of Maine, uh, you've won a championship in this league before. What's your advice to having a successful season and having a championship run? What do, what do teams need to keep in the back of their minds? Well, the only way Faris can win a championship this year is if Applebaum gets hurt because we were two for two when that actually happened. <laughs> okay. I would say my advice for teams would be to accentuate and focus on your strengths. Like, for example, Wayne Sherman is not the most athletic man in the league, but he hit, I think, 520 for us. And while he couldn't run out triples – Every time he came up, the man hit, especially in the playoffs. And Joe Tracy just smashed hits all the time. Now, he has no weaknesses. That's a bad example. But if you have someone that is a good fielder but not a great hitter, put them in position to be a good fielder and figure out a way to hit around them. Mm -hmm. No, it makes a lot of sense. Accentuate your strengths, kind of like how Bill Belichick works. You know, you see what a guy can do, not what a guy can't do. So don't put Brian Applebaum in left center. (laughs) Put him in left field where he can hurt himself. Yeah. (laughs) And then you have a championship run. Exactly. There you go. Uh, Well, brother, we're going to miss you this year. Uh, I hope you get to come back and enjoy some of the, maybe, you know, for the special games, like the all-star game or maybe the mayor's tournament or something like that. Uh, If you can make it down, that would be great. But we know you got big things going up, going on up there in Maine and we wish you the best of luck. Hey, glad to hear from you, man, and uh, miss all you guys. I'll be back soon. There's the predictions from Melnick, and who knows? Maybe he's right. Maybe he's way off base. Uh, I hope he's right for my team, though, because he said that I was going to beat Marone. You hear that, Glenn? So we'll see what happens come Sunday. Good luck, everyone, on Sunday. Enjoy opening day. It's the best day of the year. Uh, everybody starts off 0-0, except for DeMarco, who's 1-0, and Faris, who's 0-1. But they have a rematch on Sunday, so we'll see if Faris can even the score there. But I'll be back next week with uh, an episode as we talk about Wednesday's game and take a look at Sunday, week two. But for now, good luck on Sunday, everyone, and I'll talk to you next time right here on Marlboro Softball Talk. <laughs>